the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 80 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. We have a lot of things to talk about this time. In addition to our regular current events and uh, questionable gear purchases, we're also going to be interviewing Joe Picard, one of the winners of the Ultimate VO Survivor competition, and... Then we're going to talk about pay-to-plays or online casting sites and a special offer for our listeners only coming up shortly. But before that, it's time for our... VoiceOver Extra brings you the VO Meter Reference Levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show. So, Sean, what's happening in your VO world? Uh, lots of different stuff. Um, VO education and and voiceover work-wise. Man, I've been teaching a lot for, for Global Voice Acting Academy, Rekindle School, and, and now another school out of Washington called Lakewood Institute of Theater, and actually taught my first five-day accent and characters class. It was nuts. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. We worked on a variety of accents from uh, modern British RP and, and Cockney accents to Scottish and Irish and a little bit of Russian-Ukraine as well, and kind of just talking about helping the students develop a process for, for creating character voices. And it was very kind of inspired by, by some of my, my colleagues who do Knight Thompson speech work in trying to find accent models on, um, or real accent models is kind of the structure for your accent and kind of really focusing on, on accent production and mouth position and vocal track posture and all that. And uh, the students really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And it was great working with like really motivated actors of all different ages from, from 10 to like 62. It was pretty great. Wow. Interesting. That's cool. Anything else going on? Yeah, speaking of that, or speaking of accents and characters, we also did a uh, uh, ready for everything accents and characters on demand with Chris Lang, who's a respected dialect coach uh, that we are partnering for the webinar and got a positive response on that. And in a few weeks, we also have another webinar uh, through GVA called Smart Financial Decisions with David Rosenthal. So for those of you who don't know, David used to be a financial advisor. And so he still has a lot of that knowledge and he wants to kind of share it to people, especially as tax season is coming up. So uh, kind of giving people the mindset they need to pay off those debts and invest wisely in their VO career. Well, that's interesting. I think we've talked about how I used to be a financial advisor as well. I wonder what it is about that job that drives people crazy enough to go into acting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Using that one side of their brain and they have to go to the other hemisphere and, and uh, compromise. Yeah, maybe. Dan Leonard as well, who was just on the show, he was a insurance salesman, which kind of encompasses a lot of the financial advisor tasks as well, depending on what licenses you have. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a lucrative field for uh, for finding voice actors, I guess. That is interesting. I know you have a lot of people who come from like corporate or education, but that's one of the, that, that is a weird trend. Well, I've always said that the one aspect that I think transcends it very well is the 
marketing and sales of the job because mm. when you're in that job, you're constantly looking for your own leads and generating your own business, and it's exactly what we do as voice actors. So the entrepreneurship aspect carries over very well, and I think that might be the reason. And then I thought I think I've also said on the show that it's a breath of fresh air when you're working as a voice actor because once you secure the the leads and get the job, it's really fun. It's like one of the, in my opinion, the best job you can have. Not so much the case with financial advising. While <laughs> you're helping people and it, it can be rewarding, I would never call it fun. I, I'm sure there's some people that enjoy it, but. For me, the reward is and the payoff is much better as a voice actor than it was as a financial advisor. So maybe that's it. Great. Well, brilliant observation. I liked it a lot. And then, um, so that's that's all the uh, the educational stuff that I've been working on um, so much. But I have been acting. Just <laughs> uh, I I actually was just working on uh, this fun little character audio drama podcast. Um, I was recently cast for as a couple of characters. Uh, lots of. It's kind of like creepy, supernatural, making fun of, but also very comedic, like dark comedy, making fun of like ghost hunters and other supernatural cryptozoologists and stuff like that. So um, got to work with, uh, with David Rosenthal. He was casting and is doing one of the voices for that. One of our members was cast as well, a very talented actress named Ingrid Nelson. And uh, Jim Edgar, who's, uh, who runs the uh, Mac and iOS group for, uh, for voiceover as well. Uh, so yeah, it was great seeing some familiar faces and doing an actual table read and being able to bounce off of each other. And I was so impressed. Uh, like Jim and, and, and Margaret, the, the writer and one of the actors, were just so good with their improv. And I was really inspired just watching them kind of like challenging and one-upping each other. It was a lot of fun. And then other than that, I've just been doing a lot of e-learning modules for a big tech company out of Seattle, as well as uh, one in Mexico that I've been working with for several months. And um just been just been doing the grind well i similar to you i've been doing a lot of stuff not acting uh, primarily producing other people's audiobooks and that's going well I'm working on let's see five concurrently i have two wow. that are in the can so to speak and three more we're currently recording uh that all that work is done with twin flame studios we talked about before and yeah it's going pretty well uh the one i started today is kind of interesting i won't give a specific name because i don't know if i'm supposed to but uh, i'm working with a a fairly well-known Broadway and film actress, and she's transitioned to leadership coaching, and now we're doing her audiobook. So that's been pretty cool because she has a lot of cool stories from Broadway. And and then we also are 95% sure we're working with a former NFL player upcoming. So that's pretty exciting as well. That's awesome. And then I'm also narrating an audiobook that I'm just about to start. It took me a while to get going because I had to do a lot of research. It's with a local author who wrote a book called Drugs as Weapons Against Us. And it's written by a fella named John Potish, who's local to Baltimore. And it's all about how several, many, of the musicians that have, be that have been famous and popular in America and abroad over the years may or may not have been targeted by government officials in order to sway public opinion. So it is... Kind of, uh, kind of scary, actually, because if, if what the research shows is true, then there are some scary things that might have happened to some of these people. But uh, it's exciting to read because it's a really interesting topic, and people you would all know off the top of your head, like going back as far as Mama Cass and Jimi Hendrix, The Grateful Dead, through to people like um, Janis Joplin, uh, and then in the, the 90s, the grunge scene, Kurt Cobain, uh, 
all the way to Tupac Shakur and how all these people that died under mysterious circumstances may have been more mysterious than you thought. So stay tuned for that. Coming out in the next couple of months is called Drugs as Weapons Against Us. Man, that's really cool. And, and, and like, I'm sure you love, like, as a narrator, you get to learn all sorts of things, whether it be history or, in this case, this is an interesting mix of history and, like, crime thriller almost. Crime thriller and pop culture all, all mixed into one. Awesome. So that's been cool. Weird, wild stuff. So I will embark on that tomorrow, probably. The main holdup was my equipment woes, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> and the last thing I want to mention is that I have officially joined the ranks of VO Rep, which is a voiceover repertory company that does audio dramas. Uh, you may remember we had the founder, Tara Langella, and Ken Foster, who's a member, back in last spring as, as guests to talk about the company. And uh, they've asked me to join as a full-time member. So we're working on a new drama right now, drama slash comedy, and that'll be out in the next couple of months. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, that wraps up the VO Meter reference levels, but we know why you guys are really here. It's time to talk about... Questionable Gear Purchase. Okay, so I've got a lot to talk about because I did a lot of stupid <laughs> things in the last month. Uh, you want to go first since I think you have less to, to talk about? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's... um. You guys know I'm a huge fan of the Stage Ninja mic arms, but lately they've just been, um, I don't know, I've had them for years and they're they are not holding, <laughs> they're drooping a little bit. <laughs> like I've got, you got a saggy boom. <laughs> yes, I've, I, my, my mic arms have ED, unfortunately. But, um, but anyways, so I went ahead and tried to get my first boom arm, which I've, um, which I've been putting off just because I've got a smaller booth. It's like a three by six. But I was looking at some of the kind of the, I don't know, the, the entry level or the, the popular standards like the Rode PSA-1, the, uh, the Gator Frameworks, and of course, the, uh, the Blue Compass. Now, out of these ones, the Blue Compass definitely looks the nicest. But I was a little worried about getting it because it's notoriously strong. Like, I mean, it was designed to be used with the, the Yeti, that, that beefy USB mic. So... Um, so even mics like the Shure SM7B, it uh, like it works great for that. But for for lighter microphones like say my Gefell or the TLM102, um, or, or especially like the Sennheiser 416, it would actually like start to lift up the mic. Like it wouldn't stay in the same position. So after like going back and forth on should I return it, I finally just kind of like pulled my standing desk out of the booth and then readjusted it so it was directly behind my monitoring arm. And now, and I actually added a little bit of weight using one of my uh, my quick connectors, one of those on-stage stand quick lock connectors. And between that, the shock mount, and the gefell, it now works perfectly. Oh, also, I did have to loosen the uh, the tension rod on the bottom. So loosening that about as much as it would go and then putting on that extra weight with the quick lock connector, uh, which also had the added benefit of bringing the mic closer to my mouth, um, I'm really enjoying having a, a mic arm that's just directly next to my mouth. It's not in the way of my script. Um, it, it's so nice, actually. Yeah, I use that as well. I, I installed the Blue Compass right around this time last year when I got my studio bricks and uh, still going strong. I know what you mean about being too strong. Sometimes when I'm putting a mic on, I don't get the thread right. It'll snap back almost like a Looney Tunes cartoon and hit me in the face. Because oh, God. It is so strong. It's so strong, especially when you're setting it up and you don't have anything on it yet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's almost like an old-fashioned medieval catapult. You can just send things flying. <laughs> just put a sling on the end of it. 
but it is really cool <laughs> to have the mic completely out of the way. Like right now, I'm talking across this mic. I don't even need a pop filter because I can position it at the perfect spot at like a 20 degree angle to the side of my mouth, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I tried a couple of things. Like I used to have it like centered directly overhead, but then I was like bumping into it, and then I was, and it was kind of blocking my script. So I was like all right, why don't you just lower it and have it to the side so it's not even in your way? Mm-hmm. Um, so now my, my monitor is completely unobstructed, and as long as I don't move my head around too much, I don't smack it on accident. But, uh, but yeah, it's been great. But like we've said, if you have a lighter microphone, particularly something like a shotgun, like the Rode NTG5 or the Sennheiser 416, I would not recommend this because it's just going to be, it's going to go away like a kite or a balloon, right? But if you do have something heavier, like say it's got a shock mount, maybe it's the Rode NT1 or the Neumann TLM-103, um, or like a big boy like the Blue Mouse or the Blue Yeti, uh, then you would be fine. But if you're worried about it, then I would recommend going for something like the Rode PSA or the new PSA One Plus, which is, uh, it works even better. It's got even uh, smoother operation. It's got a kind of a neoprene sleeve covering up the scissor arm so you don't have to worry about pinching your fingers as you're moving things around. If it's on camera though, it, they've got some very prominent road branding on it that you may want to get rid of or cover up with some gaffer's tape. But other than that, if it's just going to be in your booth, who's going to care? So that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a long-winded way to say that like, don't overthink boom arms, but just know what you're getting. <laughs> but what about you? You said you had a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, well, I've done a lot of stupid things. Well, it remains to be seen. But one really cool thing that I'll mention, as part of our ongoing sponsorship with Studio Bricks, they sent me one of their ventilators for the booth. Now, this is a, a fan, a, a, an enclosed fan that you put inside the booth and attaches to the pre-drilled holes they have for the vents and will circulate the air in the booth. Uh, it's supposed to be super quiet and really easy to use. And I have to say, it's freaking fantastic. It's running right now. And if I don't say anything, let me know if you can hear it. I would think probably not. I see literally nothing in the waveform. Nothing, no change in in uh, the EU meters or BO meters, so to speak, as the fan's running. I have it on like two right now. Two is the two out of six, maybe, as far as the, the strength of the fan. It can get pretty loud if you turn it all the way up. But... I've been sitting in here for about 45 minutes now with some pre-show stuff, and I don't feel stuffy at all. It's enough to circulate the air and keep me going, whereas before I would have to open the door to the booth because I didn't have any kind of fan at all before. Uh, the booth I bought used did not come with one, and now that Studio Bricks has sent it to me, I have everything I need to stay cool in the booth for hours on end, so I'm never leaving, I think. That's Well, congratulations. And uh, so for those of you who've never really worked in a booth, can you talk about the importance of ventilation? Well, the big thing is the, the exchange of air to carbon dioxide that humans spit out is dangerous if it builds up. So let's get really basic. Humans breathe in oxygen and expel carbon dioxide. If you don't have an exchange of that air somehow or some way, all the carbon dioxide will build up and eventually be greater in percentage than the oxygen in the booth, and eventually you could pass out. <laughs> uh, so it's important to have fresh air coming in the booth some way. A lot of the, a lot of the actors we know, and, up is, and what I did up until about three, three weeks ago, was just open the door. And then that will quickly exchange the air so you have enough to breathe. But then you have to stop recording. You may have to get up to, to open your door, depending on where it is. So now the air is being exchanged constantly, and I have fresh air constantly coming into the booth. 
I have no worries about the quality of the air, and I can be in here for as long as I want uh, before my voice runs out, basically. So, yeah, so it's it's one of those things where a lot of people assume that, like, ah, oh, I have a booth. Like, all of my acoustic issues are, so, are like, have been solved. But as we've talked about before, when you integrate new things into your studio, you have to make unique considerations for the new pieces, right? So whether it's having a solution, like you said, by taking breaks or opening up the door or getting a ventilation system, each different upgrade has its own potential challenges and issues that you need to be aware of. Otherwise, you're going to pass out because there's no oxygen or you have heat exhaustion. Yeah, very simply, in order to be soundproof, the booth has to be airtight. So that is what prevents the air from coming in to begin with. So you have to fix that with some sort of ventilator or fan. So thanks to Studio Bricks for making that happen. I am a happy camper right now. So that's the smart purchase or smart uh, smart thing I installed in the booth. The, the sensible gear purchase. Sensible <laughs> gear purchase. There you go. So secondly, I had been talking about needing a new interface. Uh, I thought that my Yamaha AGO6 had gotten zapped during a live recording. I'm still not positive it hasn't. It may have some buzz in it. I was hearing a buzzing in the headphone port every time I plugged it in for a couple of weeks when I was doing this remote recording. I don't know that I hear it now. I think it might be okay. But during that time, I panicked and I started looking for more interfaces. So at least I had a backup or possibly a replacement. And then I could use the AGO6 as a backup. So I bought a Antelope Zen Go, and it is a two-channel interface that has the ability to run live DSP plugins, similar to the Universal uh, Apollo liner, Universal Arrow, any of the Universal units that run that live DSP processing, digital signal processing is what that stands for. So I thought this would be cool to try out because not only could I have a backup interface or maybe even a primary interface, but I could run some of these cool plugins that are either emulations of vintage gear like uh, channel strips or preamps, or even in some cases like guitar pedals and effects for instruments. And then it also has this feature that allows it to run mic emulations. So this is what really caught my attention, why I eventually went for it, is that you can model uh, any one of, I think, 12 or 18 mics that are based on famous mics of the past. So, And basically how it works is it's a live software emulation of this mic's features. So in order to make that happen, you actually have to have one of their mics, which sent me down another rabbit hole, and I'll get to that in a second. But some of the mics you can emulate that I'm using, you can have... And they give them these funny names, like based on where they were manufactured. So because they can't use the trademark name. So for instance, right now I'm talking on the Berlin M103. And can you guess what that might be? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the TLM, of course. Oh, actually, I take that back. I'm talking on the Berlin 49T, which I think is based on the Neumann 149. TLM 49, right? You're right. Or... TLM 149 or 49? I think it's 49. Okay, 49, right. So it matches up the right numbers. There is a Berlin M103. There is a Berlin 87, a Berlin 47, a Berlin V63. Then you have your, um, let's see, Illinois 7B. Can you guess what that is? Oh, that's right. It's a Sure SM7. Sure SM7B. It's, I forgot it was Chicago. Uh -huh. that's right. And an Illinois 57. Mm. which is the SM57. And then there's a Minnesota 20. Minnesota 20, any idea? Minnesota 20, uh, with that, uh, I, I got no idea whatsoever. <laughs> uh, RE20. Oh, okay. Okay, I did not know Electro Voice was based out of that. 
This is kind of like a hodgepodge of like the Townsend Labs slash the Apollo twin technology with the DSP and the mic modeling. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I'd maybe run through a couple of these, but first let me talk about the mic. So I went and bought a uh, an Antelope Verge mic, which is one kind of modeling mic. It's a pencil, small diameter, a small diaphragm condenser, similar to like a Rode NT5 or a uh, KSM-137. Or there's, there's a couple by Sheps. Uh, Sennheiser has a couple as well. And that can model all different kinds of pencil mics. So I bought this because, honestly, I thought I was getting a good deal from Guitar Center. <laughs> there was a picture of the Edge Solo, which is the large diaphragm condenser that can do all these modelings I just mentioned, like the 103, the 87, the 47, the RE20. So the picture on the website had the Edge, but it said the Verge, which is the much more affordable pencil mic. So I bought it thinking I was getting a great deal. Then when it came, turned out it was actually the Verge. Not a bad thing. I tried it. I tried the modeling, uh, different models on that. But uh, as with the real pencil mics, they're really, really sensitive to plosives. They're not really the best for, for voiceover because as the way we have to get close to a mic in order to make it work, they pop like crazy. They're really meant for either stage or film production to hang over a scene and pick up from afar, or to work on instruments. So I end up returning that and picking up the Edge Solo, which I am using now. And this thing's really cool. It looks a little bit like your Gefelt. It's really teeny tiny. Like it's only about the size of the distance from my index finger to my thumb. And it can do all this crazy modeling. So I thought maybe I'd run through a few and you can see if you can tell a difference. So as I mentioned, right now I'm talking on the, what's mo it's modeled after the TLM 49. I'm going to switch to what would probably be an extreme difference, which is the Hamburg 441, which I'm guessing is modeled after the Sennheiser 441, which is a... The Sennheiser, yeah. It's, it's a dynamic. It's like a dynamic shotgun, yep. or, or a supercardioid dynamic. Supercardioid dynamics. I'm going to switch to that now. And now I'm talking on the Hamburg 441. Does it sound oh, any different wow. to you? Yeah, almost like... Uh, how do I explain it? Like, before... It kind of hollows out the low end, but is way more prominent and present on the top and the upper mids. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting feature set that works kind of magically. All right, so let me go to... I'm going to try and go f to really disparate mics so you can tell the difference really, really easily. So now I'll go to the the, uh, the 47. Now let's go to the 87. I mean, let's just go to $10,000, right? The Here big we go. kahuna. All right, so this is modeled after the TLM 87. Not TLM 87, the U87 from, from Neumann. <laughs> And so many numbers trying to translate so numbers. and go through all this. So what do you think but, of this? Does it sound any nope. better, worse, deeper? It brings it brings the low end back. Yeah. And I'm trying to decide between this and the and the TLM 49 mod. I really like that one on you. I should um, probably read something that you can actually get a, a, a feel for what it sounds like. Let's pull up. Uh, I was practicing earlier with uh, the World Voices Organization's newsletter. I was reading Dan's newsletter, everybody. So let me pull that back up and I'll. I'll do it again. All right, so here's from Dan's re most recent letter. I hope everyone is prospering in their voiceover ventures and staying safe in this chaotic time. So that's on the way to the, the U87. Let's go to the TLM 103. I hope everyone is prospering in their voiceover ventures and staying safe in this chaotic time. That's supposedly a TLM 103. Let's jump to the SM7B. I hope everyone is prospering in their voiceover ventures and staying safe in this chaotic time. Let's go to the... I don't know this one, actually. Do you know what the two... It's Berlin, so I'm guessing it's Neumann again. 251? Let's actually, give it a listen. I've heard, 
Oh, uh, wait. Uh, there's the warm audio, the Telemann. For... Ah, maybe the Telefunken? Oh, Telefunken. Okay. Yes. All right, so here's a Telefunken. I hope everyone is prospering in their voiceover ventures and staying safe in this chaotic time. And here's actually what I think is my favorite. This is the, uh, let me find it, the Vienna 414, uh, which I think is the AKG 414. I think so here's, right. here's the read. I hope everyone is prospering in their voiceover ventures and staying safe in this chaotic time. Oh, nice. by the way, I didn't mention this, but for, for the user, they have a picture of the mic, which makes it much easier to distinguish which one it should be. So if you've ever seen any of these classic mics, in, either online or in person, the picture is pretty distinctive. So this absolutely looks like the AKG 414. Awesome. That's great. And let's see. My favorite is still probably the TLM 49, the one you start. It just sounded very extremely natural and, and pleasant to me. The U87 was almost a little too present, yeah, I feel I, like. Yeah, I agree. And then that, that SM7B mod wasn't bad, uh, but it's very different. It was, it's much more like broadcast kind of muffled sound compared to the others. But yeah, the, 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 and the 414 was kind of in between the, uh, the Sennheiser and the TLM 49 for me. Yeah, I agree too. I'm back on the 49 now, the 49 mod, and I think it's my favorite as well. Not coincidentally, my first ever demo was done on a TLM 49, and I fell in love with it right then and there too. But it was in a, a huge professional studio that I could never duplicate, but I did love it. Next QGP, Paul gets a TLM 49. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, those are my crazy gear purchases. Um, the other thing I like about the interface, and it's I was looking for one that had electronic controls, and that's what this has. So I'm doing all this from inside the booth. I can also swap any input to channel 1 or channel 2 so I can play over things like Skype or Source Connect. And then I can also uh, monitor any input from, from any uh, headphones as well. So... I have two sets of headphones, one in the booth, one on the outside. And before, I used to have to turn down the input when I came in here because they're different headphones, they're not the same. And it was much louder on the headphones in the booth than it was at the editing station, so I always had to fiddle with the volume. And if I forgot and I got into a session live, my ears would explode or it would be picked up on the mic. So now I have independent headphone controls, and I can adjust any input live on the fly. It makes my life so much easier to be able to do everything from inside the booth. So... As you know, nothing lasts forever, and in my case, even much, much less. But right now, I'm pretty freaking psyched with all this equipment. Well, I admit, when you told me at first, you're like, you did, I was like, that's such a steep upgrade, or just a huge, but like knowing you, you always find deals. So I'm just like, well, I did. <laughs> mainly because yeah. I, I got a bit of a sticker shock when I saw what the original prices were. But it sounds like a really worthwhile upgrade for you. Yeah, I like the flexibility. So, for instance, right now for for this, we're using the the forty nine, the TLM forty nine um, modulation. The other day, I had an audition where I was doing a, a basketball announcer. So, not the right mic for that at all. So, just on the fly, I was able to switch back to the Sennheiser four forty one. It sounded great. It sounded just like I was doing a live broadcast. So, that flexibility, I think, is going to be really helpful. Mm -hmm. That's. I mean, because a lot of or I don't know, so people still talk about the advantage of being able to switch out mics or having two mics at the ready, like say if, you, if you're if you doing different genres or like you mentioned, different different tasks. Um, but isn't that that's so cool to have like over a dozen just digitally in the mic? It's weird, wild stuff. I don't know what my, the Johnny Carson today, but I'm just yeah. amazed by this, this technology. It's weird, wild stuff. <laughs> now, the only problem is there's two more models that have... 
that have really piqued my interest. They There is a dual diaphragm model. I think it's called the Edge Duo. And then there's a four diaphragm, a four capsule model. So it's able to capture both stereo. The one mic can, ca- can capture stereo and also has different polar patterns like figure of eight and uh, and stereo. And the, the fourth one, I don't even know what it's for. I think it's, it can capture both uh, fixed pattern and dual pattern at the same time. I don't know why you would want that, but in theory you could capture cardioid with the one diaphragm and stereo at the same time. I, again, I don't know what you would want it for, but there are some mics out there that can that it can model that you can't do, obviously, if they don't have two capsules. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a Manly mic, for instance, that I've had my eye on, a Manly reference set. There's a model for it, but it has you have to have the dual capsule model antelope mic to make it work. Gotcha, gotcha. So Next hopefully time, I can I'm keep myself from doing that purchase. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right, so that wraps up our questionable gear purchases. Thank you, Paul, for really saturating the segment this month. But up next, we've got our interview with Joe Picard, one of the winners of the Ultimate VO Survivor competition. Uh, Before we get to our interview with Joe Picard, we want to talk about online casting sites. Take it away, Paul. Yeah, so before we get started, talking about some of the ones we like and some of the ones you may want to have a question about, I want to tell our listeners that we have a special offer from Voice123, exclusive for VO Meter listeners. So if you go to our website and click on the Sponsors page from the top, you will see a Voice123 logo and a special offer to click to save 15%. So if you follow this link and click on the Voice123 logo where it says click to save 15%, you can get 15% off a new Voice123 membership. Any level at all. It can be the introductory 395 level all the way up to the platinum level click on that and you'll save 15 percent now i will offer a disclaimer that we do have a relationship and we are being slightly compensated for this but we think it's a great value to a company that we actually like and have been members of for a while so go to our website vometer.com click on sponsors and then click to save 15 percent on any new voice 123 membership thank you so much to v123 for sponsoring us and we hope you listeners can take advantage of the promotion I will say we've had some takers already, so jump on the bandwagon while it's still rolling, while it's fresh. I can't think of a metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) So get going while the going's hot. There you go. (laughs) Okay, so we want to talk about pay-to-plays and how we've used them and how we maybe haven't used them and some of our favorites. So, Sean, overall, let's talk about what a pay-to-play or online casting site is. So as the name suggests, this is a website that you pay a subscription fee to, usually um, about $400 a year for the standard annual membership. And this grants you access to auditions on a daily basis. And so it's really appealing for people because it is accessible. The only really barrier is financial. So if you have the finances, you can join it. But it's really important to be at a competitive level in your career before you start pursuing these uh, before you start pursuing a membership with these things, because if your acting's not up to snuff, if your audio quality's not up to snuff, you're really just paying to practice auditions, right? It, it would probably with very little return. So, so I highly recommend that you be at a specific spot in your career before you take advantage of that. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I would agree, and I would think I would say that almost everybody does it backwards, and including me. So, <laughs> including me. Oh God, I'll I'll tell you in a minute. I was a member of almost every online casting site almost immediately, and it was a complete disaster. I all at the same time ever. 
Oh yeah, all, well, I would say I think I tried I tried to layer them. So I think the first one I started with was probably voice one two three, and then I think Bedalgo was next. Not because not for any reason. I just happened to hear about them in this order. Then I did sign up for Voices.com. I did Voice Realm, uh, VO Planet, and I think I, I even did Voice Bunny, which is a subsidiary of the parent company of Voice One Two Three for a while. What about you? Pretty much a lot of the same ones. I was, uh, and I think I was with three or four at the same time. Do not recommend that, but I'll go more into that in a second. Yeah, I was yeah, too, I, for I, sure. I, at one I, point, I had three or four. I was. It was an expensive year, and I didn't really make anything back. But um, it was. I was with Voices Vo- V One Two Three and in Bodalgo. And I will say, this was like six or uh, this was a while ago. So this was before um, a lot of or we knew a lot more about these various companies and the quality of the various companies. But but again, like I said before, when you get to that point in your career that you feel you're competitive and that you can get a decent return on your efforts, then don't do what we did and sign up for multiple ones at once. You should really, they all have different standards of procedure, different ways of filling out the profile, different access to clients, and they just, they run differently. And, and they all really kind of require an optimization of your profile to make sure that you're getting stuff that you have a strong chance of booking, right? And some of them, for example, like V123 will have an algorithm based on the number of likes you get from your auditions. So if you're sending out stuff that you're a bad fit for, you're not going to get a good or you're not going to have a high ranking. You're not going to get access to the jobs that you're a good fit for. And it's just this vicious cycle of you spinning your wheels. So... If you do find that you're interested in this, make it like an annual goal. Like, all right, I'm just going to try this one out this year and see if it works for my business, right? Put as much effort into it as you can as far as time and all that and and optimizing your profile and give it a good shot, right? And like if you get a return on your investment, if if you make back your subscription fee, and if you make a profit on top of that, then that's a good sign that maybe this is a worthwhile iron to add to your fire, to add to your business, right? We, we want to say that we don't want talent to be over-reliant or think that like, ah, this pay-to-play is going to solve all my casting problems. It's really just one stoke of your voiceover business wheel, right? It's just one potential place that you get bookings in addition to, say, agency representation and pers- or, uh, direct marketing. So again, they don't, they're not a panacea. They won't solve all of your problems, but they can be a lucrative um, addition to your VO business. I will say it does make sense to have an account with all of them. Most, if not all, of the online casting sites will allow you to have what's called a free account where you can be invited directly to a project. And it does happen from time to time. So uh, I don't currently have a paid subscription. I think I don't think with any of the, the online casting sites. But I do occasionally get direct invitations, which I'm able to respond to because I have the free account. So it would make sense in my mind to have an account with almost all of them. And we'll talk about why that may or may not be a good fit in a few minutes. But I want and to talk a, about maybe some of our favorites. Okay. I, I just wanted to say that's a great strategy too, because you can do a lot of this preparation work, like I said, optimizing your profile, getting that set up without being penalized for, for rankings or anything like that, because you have the free account. And it gives you a sense of what the user interface is, the kinds of jobs that you might have available if you take one of the paid memberships. And of course, like the occasional direct invitations you'll get for being on the site. 
So yeah, it can really help kind of make you have a more confident choice about which one you want to do a paid membership with. Yeah, and then one other thing to keep in mind before we talk about favorites and maybe not so favorites is you want to look at the different tiers that are available, especially in the case of Voice 1, 2, 3. They have, uh, I don't remember the exact number, it's maybe eight to nine different tiers of memberships now that you can pay for. Each one is a higher price than the, the one previous. And the benefit is the, the way it's supposed to work is sort of like a ladder. The, the jobs go first to the people who pay the highest membership fee, and then they trickle down to pe- if the, there is nobody picked from that level or they don't pick that somebody from that level in a certain amount of time, they trickle down to the next rung of the membership fee. They're totally upfront about this. Everybody knows this. It's not a secret, but that's the way it works. So if you're able to pay for the highest level that's available to you when you sign up, it's def- it definitely behooves you to do that. Definitely. So yeah, let's talk about some of our favorite online casting sites. So one of the ones that I've been with the longest is actually Bodalgo.com, courtesy of Armin Hirstetter, just the amazing one-man band that he is. And the reason why I started working with them is because, um, like, I don't know why, maybe it's my educational background, but I tend to work with a lot of international clients who like my, my clear, uh, neutral English sound, I guess. And... Fairly early in my career, I got some of my most lucrative jobs from this platform. I remember uh, several years ago, I got to work on this really long but innovative kind of like tourism, what was it, like a guided tour of this new kind of forward-thinking, innovative, ecologically sound housing area in Germany. And it was one of my favorite uh, projects to work on because it was just fascinating, like listening to all of the uh, sustainable energy uh, things that they were doing, the way they insulated their buildings, the use of solar panels. It was a really fascinating project. And the, the team that I worked with were just, were just wonderful. I really need to reach out to them again. But yeah, so I've, I've had a very positive experience with Bodalgo over the years. And, and throughout the years, Armin has just continued to improve the service, including offering things like Bodalgo Call, which is like a free voice over internet protocol service for people who might not have access to, say, Source Connect or IPDTL. So it's been a great, great site, and I, I will continue to support it for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I, I'll preface that what I'm going to say about my favorites, that you'll see a common theme. And one of those is that there's a really personal connection with the ownership. And I don't think it's a mistake. So Armin Hirschjetter has always been a great friend of the community. I remember when I first signed up for Bodelgo, he, I think he still does this. He reviews every profile. When someone signs up, he reviews their submission personally and approves them or disapproves them. So way back in 2015, I signed up. I sucked, but I got accepted somehow from, from Armin, probably because I had a good studio. It was the only thing I had going for me. And I replied back and said, is this really Armin? I assumed it was a chatbot, because even back then, there was automated responses. And he said, no, it's really me. I listened to all the, the demos. And I remember telling somebody this on the VOBB, the old voiceover bulletin board. And they said, oh, that's just an automated response they send to everybody. And I said, no, nah, I'm a pretty good judge of, of character. And this is him. <laughs> and he just went on to prove what a great personable owner he was over the next six years. And nothing's changed my opinion about him or the site. It's one of my favorites. Another popular online casting site is VO Planet. And I like this because, again, it's got a very personal touch. Uh, Kevin West has been very, even before the site launch, was very, um, 
would often request public feedback from the community about the kinds of features and atmosphere of an online casting site before he created it. And he had had an even tougher climb, though, because if you remember, he took over the site, which had kind of a tarnished reputation and then kind of went away for Mm -hmm. several years. And nobody, nobody was convinced it was a different owner for quite a while. Kevin had an uphill battle to to gain goodwill in the community. Yeah, and, and for those who don't know, like VO Planet, it, it had kind of a bad reputation because the previous owners eventually just they just stopped monitoring it. It was basically like a ghost town. <laughs> yeah, and so so yeah, a lot of people were upset about that, and it kind of disappeared for a few years. And I was actually one of the people who paid attention and noticed that it was under new ownership, and I was like, guys, give it a chance. Like it, it's not the same people. Yeah, and I, I like Kevin a lot too. He's really personable. He will often reach out personally about issues. Uh, I'm thinking of a time where someone put a job up that had a phishing link, and Kevin personally responded and said, we're taking this down, sent an email to the entire membership and said, we caught it, we're taking it down um, because it doesn't meet our standards, and that was great. And then the other thing I love about both Podalgo and VO Planet is that they offer free kids' accounts. So my kids have booked <laughs> multiple jobs on both Podalgo and VO Planet because for anyone under 18, they offer a free account and they can, it's a full full privilege account as if they were a paid member, but they don't have to pay if they're a kid. So thanks again to Kevin and Armin for having those kids' accounts. Well, that's a huge benefit for VO parents because very often they get asked for or to uh, if they have kids or are interested in doing this. Yeah, and I think I talked about how multiple times my kids have dragged me along for the ride where they've <laughs> hooked a job with somebody, and the producer has said, we need a dad. Do you know anybody? And I'll raise my hand sheepishly and say, uh, can I try? <laughs> and it's worked out pretty well. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, one of the things about VO Planet, it's got a lot of positives. I mean, like I said, Kevin is very hands-on and is very accessible. The quality of the jobs on there it, it tends to be great. The, the rates are fair. Um, one of the only issues is that the competition is very stiff. Right? It's like a lot of our a lot of industry experts and colleagues that we know at the top of their game, and it can be very difficult to to get uh, to get bookings from that platform. So that's just one consideration depending on where you're at in your career. If you feel like listen to the talent on there and look at their profiles and be like, all right, can I compete with that? What are my chances? If you're fairly early in your career, it might not be the first site you want to sign up with. Yeah, I would agree. And the last positive thing I'll mention about BL Planet is they have a direct link to the GVAA rate guide. So when someone is looking for a rate, they can click on that and see what a fair rate is as, as a job um, a hire. What's the word I'm looking for? Employer. Jeez, I can't speak. As an employer or a producer, they can click on the GVAA rate guide and see what is a fair rate so they can input it and uh, not be hurting the business. All right. So, uh, so that leads us to Voice123. So Voice123 was one of the earlier online casting sites, which popped up a little over a decade ago. Um, So they've been at this for a while. They've really got, uh, like I said, it's very algorithm-based as far as matching potential voices with potential clients. Um, Most people really like the user interface, and the um, we've actually had the CEO on the podcast several times. Yes, as as I mentioned, the, the the theme here is that. Rolf Vildman, who's the CEO of Voice123, has been on the podcast, and I've talked to him personally, and I, I really respect his upfrontness. Is that a word? His um, forthcoming, his being forthcoming. He is always out there telling it like it is, and sometimes people don't like some of the features they implement, 
For instance, I think it was almost three years ago now at a conference, Rolf announced they were implementing some AI voices. And I don't think a lot of people noticed it right away. And then he mentioned it last year at a con- another conference, and people were kind of up in arms. And I said, guys, you weren't paying attention. He's, talk- he's been talking about this for years. He's been nothing but forthcoming about this. So uh, I really respect that in an individual who's running a company, and that's why I, I support Voice123. So as you notice, we didn't talk about all of the, uh, the available online casting sites. While we won't disparage any of the ones we didn't mention here, we will say that there are a lot of resources online in discussions on, um, on voiceover social media about some of the ones that don't have, that don't have our best interests at heart and don't respect us as, empl- or as money makers for the site, right? So, uh, like I said, we're not going to talk about them here, but there are plenty of places that you can find discussions and recommendations or on which ones you should steer away from. And that's all I have to say about that as far as Gump would say. So that wraps up our discussion on P2Ps, pay-to-plays, online casting, whatever you want to call them. Stay tuned for our interview with Get Mike winner, Joe Picard. How many times does this happen to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist, because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Hey, everyone. Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest-performing portable sound isolation booths. Our professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recordings to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the VO Meter. We're pleased to be joined today by Joe Picard. Now, Joe is a highly experienced, award-winning voiceover actor working from a professional, self-built home recording studio in Yorkshire, UK. Now, the heart of Joe's work is a desire to tell stories to the world and bring the audience on an impactful journey. Joe can be heard on every TV channel and streaming platform in the UK. 
She recently won the Ultimate Bureau Survivor, and that's what she's here to talk to us about today, and was named in the New York City Journal's Top 30 Inspiring Women of 2022. She is the voice of Omaze UK since 2020 and has raised over 3.7 million pounds, we're going to go with, for six different charities (laughs) and given away hundreds of life-changing prizes. Sorry, I can't do monetary uh, exchanges. It drives me crazy. But anyway, (laughs) Joe, welcome to the VO Meter. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank goodness. Somebody else struggles with numbers. (laughs) I should have written it how I would read it. That's so silly. (laughs) It's great to be here. Thank you so much, guys. Well, it's great to have you. So for those of you who don't know, the Ultimate VO Survivor is an online competition in its second iteration, I believe, that's head up by Debbie Monroe and um, Ellie Ray Hennessy and a bunch of other industry experts who listen to over eight 1,800 audition submissions this year. And Joe, you won Best Commercial. How does that feel? Oh, so good. Those guys need a medal listening to all those auditions, right? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was absolutely unbelievable, to be honest, to, to, to take the crown for commercial. I was just so blown away. Um, but it was a, a truly incredible experience from, from the beginning to the end. I kind of I wanted to to challenge myself and put myself in a position um, to to push my talent and um, my nerves um, and do something across the pond, and it really paid off. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, you already sound like quite the accomplished voice talent. What? So you mentioned you're trying to challenge yourself. What else inspired participating in the contest? Oh, I, I mean, thank you. I, I am um, I am very accomplished, but I think that there's always grounds to be able to improve. Um, and there are lots of parts of the industry that I've only dipped my toe in and I and I want to um, go full body, you know, <laughs> go full body in there, um, like gaming and animation. And they were two of the rounds that I was really, really gunning for um, and wanting to make an impression. Um, so, yeah, but, I, but obviously, the commercial side of things is a huge part of my business, and I just, I really love it. Well, I know Sean did at least one of those, so you beat him. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you beat me in the, in the gaming and animation co- competition, so good job there. <laughs> oh, hard battle. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you said, you've, you've done a lot of genres. I know you've also done a lot of, uh, a lot of live hosting, as you call it, there in the UK. Uh, what was it like to be on mic live, though, and participate against other contestants and then be judged live? You know, I thought that I might have an advantage because I've presented all my life. That's been my job. You know, I've done the Olympics and um, many, many, many live shows. And I thought I'd have this advantage. And actually, <laughs> um it, it didn't prove to be a huge advantage, to be honest. I got very, very nervous um, in in the waiting room before we went in. So they put you in like a little waiting room on Zoom and then you get catapulted into this live show, which is brilliant. It is so much fun. But my nerves really, really picked up um, halfway in, in the waiting room. And I was like, God, how I don't I'm not used to this. I'm not used to being a nervous person. I think because I've always got an audience um, in real life. I think that Zoom added like a completely different element for me that I've never experienced before. But I'm, I'm really chuffed that I managed to kind of harness those nerves just in time to be able to do my performance. But it was a little bit stressful. 
<laughs> so talking about more challenges, I mean, this process, like this was a very challenging competition with multiple rounds that you had to prove yourself through. What were some other challenges or, or um, other things that surprised you about the process? You know, it was it was brilliant to be able to be in the same um, room as all of the other um, applicants. And I really loved that element of it to be able to see what they came up with. You know, so maybe I would go first and then they would come on and they would do all of those. But then what happens is you listen to all of the feedback from the judges to everybody else and you're like, damn it, I should have listened. I should have done that. Like, I should have come in 10th. Why did I go first? You know, and so you learn all these things as you're going. And which is great, you know, it's massive learning experience. So that that I found both wonderful and also challenging to be able to be so, so frustrated. Um, but I think I really enjoyed the fact, especially in the live final, that there was so, such a diverse um, amount of judges and they came from so many different backgrounds and they gave some really, really amazing feedback. And that for me was just um, the, the most enlightening part of the, the whole competition. You know, I learned so much. So who would you say was the toughest judge to please? <gasps> Oh, that's hard. I mean, <laughs> should I say? <laughs> Inquiring minds have to know. Oh, um. Okay, let's, let's, let's turn it around. Who was the either hardest or who did you have the most fun with? Okay, well, I always have the most fun with Ellie Ray. Let's face it, how could you not? It's hard um, to top, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to top. She's just such an inspiration. Um, J, JMC, so J, uh, J. Michael Collins, um, who also got a huge amount of respect for. Um, I think he was like the good guy, right? So, you know, you'd want to impress him, but you'd know that he'd always say something really great. And you're like, yes, J. Michael. <laughs> so he's your big cheerleader. Um, Deb is... Uh, was is so talented and so fantastic and she but she's quite analytical um and she brings it around in a completely different way um so they you know they give you and liz atherton well she's just hilarious i love that woman um but all of them have got really uh important things to be able guidance to be able to give you so, Joe, before we recorded, you mentioned there was a really interesting kind of live on-demand portion of the contest that that was that really excited you. Can you give us more details about that? Yes. No. Oh, my goodness. You're actually taking me back to the competition now. I'm starting to sweat. So, basically, they gave us a live portion. So, um, we had to do, uh, we had time to prepare all of our auditions normally before the live shows. And then they gave us either an insane word to say from like a medical directory, which uh, covered an entire page. Um, <laughs> and you're kind of like, um, your face is live, but you're on mute. So you're trying to smile because everybody's looking at you whilst Googling and trying to like learn how to say this crazy word. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then trying to eloquently put it forward. Um, and then I think in the final, I came up with like some crazy song that um, I had to like write the, write the lyrics to um, and then sing as part of like the final thing. And it was all about creativity, um, working under pressure, um, and being able to deliver um, when you've got lots of other things going on around you, which is, let's face it, the normality of being a voiceover, right? So um, it was a great thing to do, but um, incredibly stressful. <laughs> uh, the magic of live TV or live internet TV. 
sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should go you should go and check it out. It's really fun. <laughs> so Joe, now you are a champion. What would you say to people who are looking to maybe next year's competition to sort of fill your shoes or at least compete against you and maybe take home the crown themselves? Yeah, come and try it. <laughs> <laughs> no chance, no. right? <laughs> I'm only joking. I mean, do come and try it. Like my my advice to anybody is um, just go for it. You're way more talented than what you think you are. And um, you never know what's going to happen if you put yourself forward for, for things. Um, and me walking away with the crown, the queen of commercials um, was really a shock and also has made my 2022 um, so incredible so far. So I just say go for it. Amazing. Great advice. I've loved listening to your voice for the last 10 minutes. And I love just how even like we said before, someone who's pretty much at the top of their game still trying to branch out and tackle new challenges and in really like come out of their own shell and expand their range. It's been wonderful talking with you, Joe. Oh, thanks, guys. I've absolutely loved it. I can't wait to listen back and share and share. <laughs> and Joe, before you go, how can folks find you if they want to hire you or work with you? Oh, yeah. Come hire me. That would be brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, they can go to my website, which is joannepickard.co.uk, um, or I'm on Spotlight. I'm on Voice123. I'm on all of the different platforms. So come find me um, at Joe Pickard Voiceover. Well, Joe, thanks for being here, and we hope to uh, talk again soon. No worries. Thanks, guys. Bye. Walgreens, because it's flu season, you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. You tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites? They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? Prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. Thank you so much to Joe Picard for being on the podcast. Oh, man, just uh, the talent in that voice. Uh, it's, it's lovely listening to you and talk and hearing your story, Joe. Yeah, I was blown away when I looked up her resume before coming on the show, and I thought, wow, we don't deserve her. <laughs> I often think that, but in this case, it was even more true. But, Joe, congratulations on your big win, and hopefully we'll see you with another trophy to take home next year. So that wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Don't forget to go to our website, vometer.com, click on the Sponsors link, and then click click to save 15% on the Voice123 special offer to save 15% on a new Voice123 membership. You can also find the link on our Facebook page or my personal Facebook page, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter at The VO Meter. So stay tuned for future episodes, and thanks for listening to this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of The VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. 
or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. <laughs> 